Well, we're going to talk today about living under an open heaven, but subtopic, hearing God's voice. Now, I don't know if you remember when you first got saved and you went to church and you heard the old saints used to say, well, God told me this, and God said this and told me that, and God said, God said, God said, and you're looking at him like, God hasn't talked to me at all. <laughs> I feel left out. I feel like, what am I missing? You ever feel that way? Well, we're going to explore today about how to hear God's voice, to make it real clear and plain so that we all can hear God's voice. Because God's desire is to talk to his people. What good is fellowship if you can't talk to someone? Right? What if you went on a walk with somebody and you didn't talk, or you're driving in the car, it seems kind of lonely, seems kind of like, you know, isolated, isn't it? But we were designed to fellowship with the Lord. When God made Adam and Eve, and they walked in the cool of the day, the Bible says that they heard his voice in the garden, heard his voice. He talked. Why was he talking? Because he wants to have fellowship with us. Why did he create us to talk with us? Not to just lecture us and judge us. He wants to fellowship with us. What did they, Adam and Eve talk about? They probably talked about how to name the animals and how to keep the garden, all the things that God wanted to work with them. And then how about uh, uh, Enoch? The Bible says Enoch walked with God. Well, did they just walk or did they walk and talk? I'm sure they walked and talked, right? So in the Bible, we see all throughout the Bible, God said, God said this, God said that. Now, did all of a sudden God stop talking? <laughs> did he become mute <laughs> and said, I'm not going to talk anymore? No, he wants to talk with us. He wants to fellowship with us. And sometimes we're just not hooked in or tuned in to him, but he's talking all the time. It's almost like a TV station. They're always broadcasting something, right? Channel 2, 4, 7, they're always broadcasting. So at 24 hours a day, you can turn it on and hear something. But here we are. We don't have any hookup. This probably doesn't get Channel 2. So if we turn it on and we don't get it, do we run down to the broadcast uh, station and say, hey, guys, I'm not getting, are you broadcasting? Yeah, we're broadcasting, but you, you don't have the right hookup. So when we go to God and say, hey, God, you're not talking. He says, no, I'm talking. You're not receiving. <laughs> Get your receiver on, amen? And so we have to learn how to receive from God because the Bible says that in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So if you're a sheep, guess what? You're supposed to hear his voice. And if you're not hearing it, we have to check and see, well, wait a minute, am I his sheep, really? Am I following him? Do I know his voice? Do I know him? You know, my wife and I, when she calls me up on the phone, she doesn't say, this is, your, this is your wife. I know her voice. When you read the Bible, you know when you read the Bible to yourself, that voice on the inside of you is actually your spirit, and God's speaking to your spirit. So when we're going to find this out, when God speaks, he uses our spirit to talk to us. So we're going to get to know this a little bit. Here's the next picture of Jesus with the sheep. Doesn't Jesus look beautiful? He's the perfect man, isn't he? He listens to us. <laughs> he talks to us. He doesn't judge us. He's not too busy like some folks we know. <laughs> yeah. 
Amen. <laughs> My wife sometimes has to try to catch me. Stop. <laughs> Stop a minute. I want to talk to you. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but Jesus has that peaceful look about him. Amen. So uh, let's look at this next scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, But he who is joined to the Lord, are you joined to the Lord? The Bible says, is one spirit with him. Your spirit and his spirit meet together, and then you have the Lord on the inside of you. Isn't that good? In Romans, it talks about our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we are the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit comes, meshes with our spirit, and then it, when it wants to talk to us, it uses our spirit to talk to us. Amen? Do you, do you understand that? Sometimes my wife and I were driving, you know, to work, and I'll just be thinking a thought, like, I wonder what we're going to do on 4th of July. I didn't even say it, just thinking it. And about two seconds later, she goes, well, do you want to go to fireworks on 4th of July? <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that happen? Happens all the time. And I'm always, you know, a little half minute slower than her, so I'm thinking it, and she's talking it. And so, but we're one spirit. So guess what? When God is talking, we have to receive it and know that that's him talking in us and through us. Let's look at this. Oh, the definition, I'm sorry, go back. The definition of one, we're one spirit, one and the same. We mesh. The Holy Spirit and our spirit meshes together. And then the, the scripture here says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So that means our spirit is what God uses to search through and to talk to us. Isn't that exciting? Yes. That takes the mystique about it because we're waiting for God to speak. Sylvia, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Sylvia, wake up. <laughs> no, God works with us, amen? So uh, I'm going to show a couple scriptures about how God wants to lead us and guide us. And then we're going to talk about the three ways God talks to us, okay? Then we're going to have three testimonies of how it actually works. So when you leave here, you'll be fully equipped to be able to hear from God and to be able to develop your own relationship with Him. How about that? Is that good news? Are you glad you came today? Yes. All right, praise the Lord. Well, let's see these scriptures. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we're supposed to be led by the Spirit. The Bible says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Didn't say he spoke to them. He led them. You ever go someplace and you just feel led just in the right place at the right time? Seems like everything seems to work out. You're being led by the Spirit. You put your spiritual sails up, and God, with the wind of the Holy Spirit, just moves you in the right direction. Sometimes you don't even think about it. You're just moving, and God's directing. Isn't that good news? Okay. Here's another one. Psalms 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. A lot of people say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know the will of God. I don't know what, I'm, what God wants me to do. He said, I will teach you. <laughs> I will instruct you in the way you should go. That's his promise to us. I will guide you with my eye. I like that. He's watching you. You know that thing? We, I'm what? God said, I'm watching you. Next scripture. So that's the Old Testament. The New Testament says it in a different way. Same thing. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He guided us in the Old Testament. His eye was on, upon us. Now in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is in us, and he's guided better, isn't it, to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? 
wanting to talk, wanted to speak, wanted to do things. You know, I, I was, and so you have to learn this. I was in the at Macy's with my wife, being the good husband that I am, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to take any credit or anything, but <laughs> I, I sacrificed my Saturday morning. Amen. And uh, I'm her driver. I'm her return, you know, credit artist guy. <laughs> but I'm in there, and so I asked the lady. I dropped my wife off, and then I parked the car. And then, so I asked this lady, where is the uh, women's blouses? And she directs me and everything, very friendly face. And so I was walking, and I just heard the Lord say, go pray for her. Hmm. I go, I got the directions already. I don't need to go back. Two more steps. Go pray for her. Okie dokie. I went and I said, do you have any pain in your body? She says, I got it all over. I got rheumatoid arthritis. I said, can I pray with you? She says, sure. So I just put my hand on her back and pray with her. And the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit came and healed her. And so I said, well, how do you feel now? She says, I don't feel any pain. But check back with me later. I go, it's not coming back in Jesus' name. But what if I hadn't heard or listened to the Spirit? And then, then at another counter, just to make sure that I'm not the greatest guy in the world, I, I did the same thing with somebody at the counter. I just was thinking, I wonder if she has pain. Do you have pain in your body? She said, no. I go, okay, missed it there. <laughs> I don't get, you don't give up, though. You learn, okay, this was God and that wasn't. Right? You, who's 100% on anything? Only God, right? Even in baseball, they, they only hit the ball three out of ten times if you're good. But they still keep you. They pay you millions of dollars for hitting. If you go three out of ten with the Lord, I think he'd be pretty happy with you. So just try to up your average a little bit. In uh, next scripture, Jeremiah says, call to me, and I will try to get back to you because I'm pretty busy. There's a lot of people online. No, call upon me, and I will, not maybe, I will answer. That's what he said. I will answer. So we're not getting our answers. You say, but Lord, you said in Jeremiah 33, 3, you will answer me and show me great and mighty things which you do not know. We do not know a lot of things. Is that right? Let's go back to the, first, the scripture before that. In the New, no, no, there. In the New Testament, it says, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will what? Tell you things to come. What an advantage that is in this world. That when it looks like you don't know what to do, he said, I'll tell you what to do. I'll show you the way. Well, Lord, should I buy this, or should I go here, or should I take this job? I'll tell you things to come. Should I marry this person? I'll tell you if you're supposed to marry this person or not. I know my wife and I, when we were dating, we only dated for 10 weeks, you know. It, it was a, didn't cost me much. <laughs> yeah, now it does. <laughs> I didn't know, what's, I should have said, what's the price tag on this one? <laughs> but we only dated 10 weeks. And, you know, they said, well, you, you should go home and pray to see if this is the right one for you. So we went home and we took the whole day to pray, to know if that was the right one. So we had our assurance so that when things go wrong, we said, but Lord, you said that this is the right one. Amen. So he'll tell you things to come. Next scripture and next scripture. Okay. The ways, three ways God talks to us. 
Before I get into that, there's other ways God talks to us. You know, there's dreams, there's visions, there's angels, right? I never had a dream, never had a vision, never had an angel come talk to me, but it's all in the Bible. God came to uh, Solomon in a dream. God came to Jacob in a dream. God gave Abraham a vision. Mary and Joseph, angels came. So there's ways besides this that God, if he really wants to get your attention, he'll make himself known. But I always said, and I always taught this, there's three ways God communicates. First is his word. You read his word. It says, thou shalt not, or don't do this, or whatever, forgive. And then if you don't hear the word, he'll send somebody to remind you or to tell you. Could be a preacher on the radio. Could be, yay, even me. You know, maybe your friends, maybe your parents, whatever. We have this one pastor, if you can believe this. His father started the church, and he took it over, and he was doing things that he wasn't supposed to do. His father said, son, you're not doing the right thing. And you know what the son said? What's the right thing to say? Yes, dad. He said, dad, I don't want you in the church anymore. You're, you're out. Can you imagine that? That's not hearing the voice of the Lord through someone else. Amen? So then the third way is circumstances. If you don't listen to the word, you don't listen to the people around you, then you're going to be in bad circumstances and say, okay, Lord, all right, I give up. Okay, I'll do what you want me to do. Okay, the way God talks to us is first the inner witness. We talked about that. Your spirit with the Holy Spirit talks to us, the Holy Spirit talks to us, and our spirit tells us or gives us an impression. Uh, in Acts 15, 28, we see where they were having a council of the apostles. They were going to decide some things, and uh, they wanted to make some doctrine. So they wrote out a doctrine, and they wrote it with this letter. It said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Seemed good. Didn't say the Holy Ghost said. Just, I just got that perception. I just got that feeling, that impression that this is what we're supposed to do. The Holy Ghost was there. We knew he was there, but he didn't talk. He just seemed to give us an impression. You ever get those? Yes. Sometimes it's so slight we don't recognize it. But after we do something, we say, ah, something told me not to do that. Something told me not to trust them with that. Something told me to not do that. That something is someone in your spirit that's talking to you. In Acts 27.10, Paul was on a journey. He was going to Rome, and they were sailing, and uh, they were trying to decide whether they're going to go on because there was a storm possibly brewing. So Paul goes up to him and says to the captain of the ship, I perceive that this trip is going to be with much disaster, not only to ourselves, but to the ship. And the captain says, listen, preacher boy, we, I'm the captain of the ship. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. He didn't say, Paul didn't say, you know, God told me. He said, I perceive. Do you know we have to live our lives perceiving and following? This is the number one way that God wants to speak to us, by gently speaking to us, talking to us, and giving us impressions. Now, that, the second one is the inner voice. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12, talks about how God told Elijah, I want to talk to you, go to the mountain, and I'll speak to you there. So the Bible says, first, there was a wind, a great wind that tore into the mountain. And so Elijah's looking, okay, I'm listening for your voice. No voice. Then came uh, a fire. He goes, oh, it must be the Lord in a fire. No, no voice. 
How about the earthquake? The earth shook. Okay, I'm waiting for your voice. No voice. Because, see, we're, we always want the spectacular. We always want God to just come down and just speak us so clearly, so uh, loudly that we, there's no mistake about it. But God wants us to use faith. So the Bible says that after all these came, the wind, the fire, and the earthquake, then there was a still, small voice. And that's the voice in your spirit speaking to you. We're going to give you an example of this. And that's happened to me only about seven times in my life. And so uh, I'm not going to use my example because I've used my examples already before. So I'm going to use other people because God talks to us all if we just be open and want to hear from him. And then the last one is the audible voice. Remember 1 Samuel where Samuel was serving Eli and the Lord came to him in the middle of the night and said, Samuel, Samuel, and he gets up and he thought it was Eli because he had never heard the voice of the Lord before. And he went to Eli and said, yes, here I am. He goes, no, go, go back to bed. I didn't call you. So he goes back to bed and he, he hears it again. Samuel, Samuel, and he wakes up and goes to Eli. He does this three times. Finally, Eli says, that's the voice of the Lord. When he says your name, just say, here I am. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? Here I am. Yes, Lord, you want to speak to me. And what's dangerous about this audible voice, it's usually a word of correction. It's usually get your life straight, how long you think you got, what do you think you're doing, <laughs> why are you disobeying. So you don't want to hear this that much, okay? Paul heard this voice on the road to Damascus in Acts 9-4. When he was persecuting the Christians, Jesus knocks him off his knocks him to the ground and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I've been trying to nudge you, but you haven't listened to me. I've been goading you, and you've been ignoring me. He said, okay, Lord, whatever you say. So we have the three, three ways God talks to us. The inner witness, which is the most prevalent, where God just speaks to our spirit. We're going to tell you how to do this in a minute, but just to begin, it has to be a, a soft, you have to get sensitive to him. You've got to pray and read your word and, and get used to him talking to you because he does talk to you. And then the inner voice, which is actually words that come up in your spirit, unmistakable, things that you would have never thought of, that he speaks to you. And then the audible voice, the one that you, you're in trouble. <laughs> so I'm going to bring up three people now to talk about this. But let me just ask this. How many, well, We'll do the explanation, then we'll ask how many of you have heard that inner witness. So Darlene's going to come up first and talk. And I told them, I instructed them, two to three minutes and no longer than five. <laughs> Good morning. I don't know if some of you know my testimony about uh, my father. I, I grew up with a hard parent, and uh, uh, we were estranged for three years. Well, the Lord reconciled us back. But there was still some work that God needed to do in my heart. So been in the word for a long time, I knew that number one was sin. God will not hear you if you have sin and iniquity in your heart. So I had to get before the Lord because I wasn't hearing his voice like I used to. So long story short, I had confessed and repented and I asked God to heal my relationship with my father. My father is 88 years old, was married to a reverend, but he never came to know the Lord because of unbelief and a hardness of heart. So as I started to meditate on the word, the Lord gave me uh, John uh, chapter 10 on uh, he who enters the door 
the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. I long to hear my king's voice because I needed instruction what I needed to do to win my dad to the Lord. So in uh, Thanksgiving of last year, my brother said, we want to bring dad to the house. And I said, okay, as long as he doesn't act up, that's fine. So, so anyway, uh, we've been, uh, our, our relationship is, is getting stronger. But uh, as I continue to believe in the word, you know, the word is the only thing, people of God, that is going to change the heart of men. It's up to the church. And God is looking for children that are children that are childlike because children are obedient, but adults negotiate. So I said, <laughs> okay, Lord, I want to be a child because I want to, Lord, be obedient and be obedient to your word. So the Lord started to uh, put a desire in my heart to diligently search the scriptures because it's the scriptures that unlock the keys to the kingdom. And so I said, Lord, I'm going to believe in your word. So uh, I started confessing the word, and I confessed in First uh, John uh, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, now this is the confidence that we have in him that whatever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever that we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. So this week I was meditating and sometimes I get up, I go outside at five in the morning and I meditate in my backyard. And I had this impression in my spirit that God wanted to have me do a little bit more with my father. And he told me, I want you to go to your father and I want you to repent and I want you to ask him to forgive you. And I was like, wow, I've never heard that before. But Lord, I want to be an obedient child. I will do as you tell me. So yesterday I made some lunch for my dad and my family. I went down and my brothers weren't home. So I asked my dad and I took his hand and I said, dad, you know what, Dad, we haven't talked for three years, but I'm so happy that you're back in my life. And I ask you to forgive me, Dad. Will you forgive me for all those things that I did? And I know, Lord, that I want to win you, and I want to love you, and I want you to be with me and be with Mom. So I asked him if he would forgive me, and he said, I forgive you. And it was just that simple. And I was trying to hold back my tears. But you know what? Now that I... It right standing, I know that God is going to do a greater work because I'm believing his word and I see that the enemy has to take his hands off my dad's mind so that my dad comes out of that unbelief and believe in his savior, in his king. And so I thank you for, for the Holy Spirit, for that inner witness. So just keep your heart clean, folks, so that that way you're able to hear what he has to instruct you with. Amen. 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 No, you were crying, I was crying, <laughs> just <laughs> hearing the story. Yes. Amen. So how many of you, by show of hands, have that inner witness? You've ever experienced that inner witness where it's not words, there's just something in your heart that's saying, God, you know, do this, do that, okay? I see about half of us, so the other half, you know, now we know. Yes. Now we know. Okay, inner voice. A little stronger, words that you hadn't heard before, hadn't thought about it, but you can hear them and you go like, where did that come from? So I'm going to bring Charlie up to tell us that story. Good morning. Good morning. As a youth, growing up, I never went to church. My parents never went to church. 
my dad said the only reason they want you in church is to get your money so he would never go so we never went after I accepted the Lord it's sometime later it was about maybe around February that the Lord put on my heart which I heard you need to witness to your parents I knew I was going back to Texas in December so I had from February December prepare myself will have the Lord prepare me so I gathered up scripture having to do with uh, salvation I bought a new Bible for him I copied all the scriptures and I put them in front of the Bible mm. and we headed off to Texas. I had two weeks vacation there. In two weeks, every time I tried to witness, something come up. Someone would come over, someone would call. Satan was blocking my ability to speak to him. So the last night there, I was gonna leave at four o'clock in the morning. So I finally got to witness to him. At two o'clock in the morning, I finally went to bed, and it was awesome. It really, truly awesome. And we left. We come back to California. I call my mom and dad and say, uh, "How's things going?" They said, "Great. We're doing pretty good." A couple months down the road, call again, and mom says, "Well, dad picked up the Bible and started reading it." And I said, "Hey, that's great. Wonderful." So then two or three months down the road, I keep calling, but two or three months down the road, how's it going? Oh, great, we, we started going to church. I said, oh, praise the Lord. So through this, I'm really getting excited now. So keep calling back and about three months later. Uh, I said, how's it going, Mom? I said, well, we went far and we gave our life to the Lord. So I you know, praise the Lord. They could hear me all the way from California to Texas and didn't need a telephone. So I was so excited about that. And unfortunately, about six months later, my dad was killed in an auto accident. So I praise the Lord for directing me to talk to my parents. Now I know that both my parents are with the Lord in heaven today. So when my time is up, I'll be reunited with them. Amen. So if you have someone in your life that needs prayer, needs to be saved, do not give up on these people. Yes. Continue, be persistent, go before the Lord. He will show you the way. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Thank you, Charlie. See, see how important that inner voice is to hear, you know, keep yourself in tune to the Lord with his desires, and he'll talk to you, and he'll show you uh, what he needs to do. Because when he talks to you with that inner voice, it's, it's as sure as, as, you know, you can take it to the bank. He wants to do something through you, so just believe him, and he'll do it. So the next one is the audible voice. Oh, let me ask you. How many of you have heard that inner voice? You've heard that inner voice? Yeah. Okay, not as many, but you know what? Sometimes he has to really speak to us. And you hear those words? Yes, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, the audible voice, <laughs> this lady right here told me about a situation she had. And so come up and tell us, Miss Ivory. That's 
Wow, that audible right. voice uh, is really like the correction, like stop it right now. Um, this was years ago um, when I was, uh, I was a Christian heathen and uh, <laughs> I was uh, doing drugs and just having, you know, the, the life of an entertainer um, in the throes of all kinds of things. I mean, I love the Lord, you know, read my Bible, uh, but I got addicted to cocaine. And so uh, one morning, wee hours of the morning, I, I woke up out of a kind of like that high, that stupor, and I heard the audible voice of the Lord say, you must be about my father's business. I was clutching my pearls. That God would speak to me like that, because I, you know, I had a relationship with God. I thought, and it took me a while to really follow that path to, to really understand, you know, that He still loved me, even though His, his voice was stern. You know, there was still love in the voice that I heard, but in that place where you're, you're afflicted in the place where you're in your, your disobedience, you're in your own will, you're in the, in the confines of, of that restricted place. You know, you're living, you're living in hell, really. So it took me a while to, to make the turnaround, but all, the, all that time, I felt the, like the hand of the Lord on my back kind of pushing me in the right direction because he had a plan, and it was it was interesting because prior to that time, and and a little bit on the other side of coming, you know, to sobriety, um, you know, I'd go to church or I'd go to conferences, and you know, I'm looking at the, you know, listening to the speaker, and you know, you know, getting grasping information and gleaning, you know, the the right kind of mind. And I would see myself on the platform, you know, and I'd be, oh my God, what is that? I, I'm, I'm like having, am I having flashbacks from the drug? <laughs> that can't be me. But little by little, he was wooing me. You know, the, it says in um, Jeremiah 31.3 that he loves us with an everlasting love. Amen. And that with his loving kindness, he draws us to himself. And it was such, I mean, he showed me such love. This, this lavish, unbelievable, uncompromising, unconditional love that was just, just melted my heart. And I couldn't, I mean, I got to the point where I became, you know, the other side, the extreme, kind of like obnoxious Christian, <laughs> like Jesus, I was just talking about Jesus, and they were like, "Could you just shut up?" Uh, so, but but I got it back into a balance because that's what the Lord is. He balances you out. He brings you into a place of spiritual sobriety, which brings you into a place of of um, just a natural uh, a natural balance so that you can be the witness. You know, it says in, in uh, Acts 1 that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, 
that he will give you the power to be the witness, not to go witnessing, mm -hmm. but to be the witness. Your life becomes a witness for Jesus Christ. So um, I appreciate that God loved me so much to bring me to a place of correction in the midst of my madness. So I just love him so much. So Amen. he's gonna talk to you too. <laughs> one, one more part. One more part. When you were looking in the mirror. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, when, when I got to the place of sobriety uh, by the Holy Spirit, you know, the thing about drugs, particularly uh, cocaine, it's a psychological drug, and it makes you think that everything is cool when it's, when it's really not. It's just the enemy slowly uh, deteriorating and destroying your life. And so at a point, um, I mean, I, I would do the drug when, when I didn't really, even really want to because it, it had control of your life. Mm -hmm. So I remember one morning on a Saturday morning, I was looking in the mirror in the bathroom and I didn't recognize me. I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, who is this person? You know, and I, didn't, I, I was so uh, distraught with myself. And I remember saying, Lord, you know, I, I, I'm asking you to change me, to change my appetite. And instantly, I mean, right before my own eyes, I lo I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing myself change into back into me. And from that day to this one, I've never had a craving or withdrawal or an inclination or a desire or a haunting dream again. And it's interesting to note, I didn't share this with you, Pastor, but uh, during this time of my addiction, uh, I was having physical problems because it affects your heart. And I'd gone to a heart specialist. One, he, this guy, uh, Clarence Agris, was one of the uh, top cardiologist in the state of California. In fact, he had, he had, he headed up the, the Heart Association here in California. And so they, they, they decided or figured out that I had a prolapse valve situation as a result of this misuse of, of uh, the drug. And so I was being treated for this for several years. And so as I was learning that, that God will restore you, God will restore you. And so I remember I'd have to go to every, every six months to a year to get checked up and the, the EKG and all that. And I went to the doctor and I, I have the, they have me all wired up and they're taking the test. And so the doctor comes in and then he goes, he's looking at the chart, then he goes out and he comes back in with another doctor. And then they go out again and they bring another doctor in. And I'm, I'm like really kind of tripping out right now. And so he says, well, I, we don't want to alarm you, but we're looking at the chart, and it looks like that had never happened. Amen. Like there's no trace of a prolapse valve Amen. on your chart. So that's God. Amen. Yes, thank Praise you so Lord. much. Amen. So how many have had that audible voice before? Y'all heard, not as many. But that's good because that's usually a correction voice. I heard it as correction and I said, oh my. Okay, you're watching me, aren't you? <laughs> so again, let's look at these uh, three voices. The inner witness, where it's just God's spirit matched with your spirit speaking to you. 
in an impression, perceiving, kind of knowing that this is what the thing you're supposed to do. The inner voice is actually the Holy Spirit speaking in your heart, in your spirit, words that you wouldn't know to direct you where you're supposed to go. And the audible voice is, okay, I've had it with you. <laughs> you're not listening at all. You know how mom says it. Clean up your room, and I mean now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's the audible voice. So the last thing is we want to look at is ways. How do you develop your spirit to receive this? Because what we're supposed to do is be, develop our spirit so that we can receive these impressions, this inner voice, uh, so that he can teach us. So the first, we have five. Open your heart to love the Lord. Open your heart. We have our hearts so closed sometimes that we love other things besides God. We, we, we're so distracted. We, love, we say, we love, oh, I just love that dress. I just love apple pie. I just love this. I love that movie. I love that show. I love this. No. You're supposed to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. And when you fall in love with God, not just love God, fall in love with him, have a great desire to be with him, then your heart is open up to him, right? Second, read your Bible with the intention of him speaking to you. Like Darlene was saying, he was, she was reading and believing that God was speaking to her. Don't just read it as a history book or a story book or something, you know, principles. It's God wanting to talk to your heart, your spirit. Thirdly, pray in the spirit. Amen? Whether it's in tongues or in the spirit, the Bible says the spirit bears witness with our spirit. He'll pray through us. And he'll pray the things, the mysteries that we need to know. So pray in the spirit. Get in the zone, if I could say it that way. The power zone. Uh, fourth, worship him in spirit and in truth. When you worship the Lord, you get in his territory. You get in his position because he's in heaven. And when you worship him, guess what? Your spirit is seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? He loves to hear us worship. And when we worship, we get caught up and we're in his place. Amen? And lastly, be conscious of his presence always. You know, God is watching us. He's right alongside of us. Yeah, he's even on, in us. Walk that way. Watch what you say. Watch what you do. Watch uh, your attitudes with people. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. <laughs> well, that's just the way I am, okay? <laughs> it's the way I've always been. If you don't like it, you can lump it. Well, <laughs> be careful with that audible voice. It might come and get you. <laughs> So these are the ways to develop your spirit so that you can have that. Because my, my job is to get you more spiritual, church. Amen. My job is to get your spirits built up. I'm supposed to equip you so that God can talk to you, get you in a position where God can direct your lives because he has a perfect plan for your life. Did you know that? He's not stumped. He's not frustrated. He says, if I could just get them to open up their hearts to receive what I have to instruct them with, they'll have a peaceable, prosperous life. Amen? So let's, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the privilege and opportunity to know that you want to bless us, that you want to speak to us, that you want to have relationship with us, and you desire it. You're, you're jealous over us with a godly jealousy. And that, Lord God, I thank you that as we open up our hearts as a church, that your Holy Spirit would just come in and flood us. Thank you, Lord. He's coming right now. He's making himself known into our hearts. So open up. Open up your heart, receive him. And Father, I just thank you that these are your people, the sheep of your pasture. And I thank you, Lord God, that you call them by name, that you love them with an everlasting love. There you go. As you keep opening up, church, you'll see him come more and more. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're not afraid to have you speak to us because you only have our good in mind. And Lord God, I know that you're gentle with us. You care for us and you love us. Thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.